This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Good morning, good morning, Radio Land. Once again, we have arrived. It is Monday morning, 11.30 a.m., Wave 94.1, and you're listening to Escape to Heaven. The voice that you're hearing is Pastor or Servant Marcia from Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. And this morning we're talking about the seed of the woman. Why why does this seed exist? What's the purpose of it? Where is the source of the power? Are we really special? Does God love us? Is there a purpose? And what does Jesus have to do with it all? So let's get ready. This is a ride that's going to take us way back to Egypt way back to where the seed of the woman that came with Jacob, Israel, those 70 souls, actually representing almost 70 nations, that number again, entered into the land of Egypt through Israel's son, Joseph, who was now the prime minister. So I'm kind of telling you what the story is before we go in. And, um, Israel lived over in an agricultural section apart from the metropolitan environment of Egypt, and that area was called Goshen. However, the king that Joseph worked for died, and now another king arose who did not know the Lord, did not respect the creator of heaven and earth, and here we are. The woman's seed. What role will she play? Will the seed of the woman play on earth at a pivotal moment of history? So we're going to look at Exodus, the seventh chapter. And the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh. Wow. And your brother Aaron will be your prophet. You are to say everything I command you. And your brother Aaron is to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go out of his country. So at that moment, we see that the woman's seed is anointed to literally rule and take dominion and subdue the environment and even the leader of the entire world. That's what that means. And, and further in Exodus, the seventh chapter, the Lord said, I will hearten Pharaoh's heart. And though I multiply signs and wonders, he will not listen. 
I will lay my hand on Egypt and with mighty acts of judgment, I will bring out my divisions, my people, the Israelites. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring the Israelites out of it. Now, the point to note here is that Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 when the Lord spoke, when they spoke to Pharaoh, that's how old they were. I think what God wants us to understand is that his might and his power has nothing to do with our physical being. These guys probably looked kind of old and that maybe there was nothing to them. Yet they had the full anointing of the creator of heaven and earth. What is the difference between God's children? In Exodus, the ninth chapter, the Lord says to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says, let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go and continue to hold them back, the hand of the Lord will bring a terrible plague on your livestock. Horses, donkeys, cattle, camels, sheep, goats. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of the Israelites and that of Egypt, so that no animal belonging to the Israelites will die. Well, of course, Pharaoh didn't listen. And sure enough, this happened. So that's a plague. And what God did in that plague is let Pharaoh know that God himself knows the difference between those that serve him and those that do not. We are living in a plague today with COVID and probably other things. And yet God is continually doing the very same thing. You will see men and women of God out there in the field, serving those that are afflicted, and yet they themselves do not become afflicted. It's interesting that God extended his distinction, not just to his people, but to their all of the, the assets that they have ownership of. He even protected the animals. What a God we serve. Refuge for the for the people of God. The Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward the sky so that hell will fall all over Egypt on people, animals, on everything growing in the fields. And when Moses stretched out the staff that he and the Lord had spoken about earlier, when God said, what's in your hand? And he said, I don't have anything. I have a staff. And the Lord said, throw it down. And it became a serpent or a snake. And so, that same staff, Moses now stretches out. And uh, hell fell, lightning, thunder, the worst term ever. And so everything was destroyed. But in the land of Goshen, where the Israelites were living, nothing happened. No hell, no thunder, no storm. Here again, the Lord is showing the world that there is a difference between those that are his, 
God created all of us. But when we say we love the Lord, the word of God says that if you love me, obey me. So you can be a creation of God, but not be his child because a child obeys their parents. We obey the Lord if we are actually his. There is safety in Goshen. The Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand in Exodus, the 10th chapter, so that the locusts will swarm over the land and devour anything that was left over by the hell. And so Moses did that. And sure enough, the locusts came and destroyed everything. The fruits, the vegetables, nothing green remained in the land. And then he didn't stop there because, of course, Moses and Pharaoh had their confrontation and Pharaoh was still rebellious. God hardened his heart. He would not listen. So further on, the Lord says, stretch out your hand, Moses, so that darkness will spread over Egypt. Darkness that is so dark that it can be felt. And he did that. And total darkness covered Egypt for three days and three nights. But where the Israelites were and the place that they lived, which was Goshen, there was light. So what we have learned is that the woman's seed is known by God. And the woman's seed has also conditions. And that condition is to maintain covenant relationship with the Lord. As a part of this situation in Egypt, this demonstration of the power of God, there was also the wealth transfer. We're living in a wealth transfer right now. Many of the saints of God may not really know that or accept it or receive it, but it does not mean that it's not happening because it is. And the wealth transfer will not be something that you can understand. Exodus 11 chapter, the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will let you go from here. And when he does, he will drive you out completely. Tell the people, men and women alike, to ask their neighbors for articles of silver and gold. Now, imagine the chance of a slave going to your owner and saying, give me all of your silver and gold. That, that is impossible. Yet, it did happen. Egypt has not recovered from this event. Even as of today, Egypt does not have its wealth. Its wealth has been transferred to Israel, even to this day. And finally, death. The final distinction between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. So Moses said, this is what the Lord said in Exodus 11 chapter. He's talking to Pharaoh. About midnight, I will go through Egypt. Every firstborn son in Egypt will die. From the firstborn son of Pharaoh, who sits on the throne, 
to the firstborn son of the female slave who is at her hand mill and even the firstborn of the cattle. There will be loud wailing throughout Egypt, but among the Israelites, not a dog, not even a dog (laughs) will bark at any animal or person. And then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. In this demonstration, Israel or history is the woman's seed and Egypt is representing the serpent seed. Enmity between the two seeds. As a result of this, what happened in Egypt, the release of the Israelites to worship God, and to go on to the promised land. We have the Passover that occurred. In Exodus, the 12th chapter, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this month is for you the first month of the year. So that means when God set us free, and and the Bible tells us that all things have become new, literally, we, we have a new life. And that first moment of freedom becomes our first month. Wow. So the Lord told them to take a lamb, uh, take care of the lamb for 14 days. That means two cycles of seven. Um, And then you are to slaughter this male lamb that has no blemish, that is perfect. Okay. You have to kill that lamb at twilight. Now you take the blood, put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lamb. And that same night you're to eat the meat that's been roasted with bitter herbs and bread that has no yeast. And you're to eat it and you're to be dressed and ready to move. So that is the Lord's Passover And on that same night that they ate that lamb and put that blood on the doorpost, the Lord says, I will pass through Egypt and strike down the firstborn. But the blood, see, let's talk about the blood. Even in um, Revelation, it talks about we will overcome believers, saints of God, the elect, chosen one. Those that love God with all your heart and doing, doing, you know, following the Lord and allowing his grace and mercy to be with us daily. In Revelations, it talks about how we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. And here it is happening right here in Egypt and Israel on the very night of the Passover. And Moses was told that the blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when the Lord see the blood, he said, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you, the Israelites, when the Lord himself touch Egypt. So the blood was God's ordained means of effecting atonement. Why? Because the life of a creature is in the blood. 
And in Leviticus, the 17th chapter, God explains to the Israelites that he have given the blood to them to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Atonement for sin was achieved by sacrificing an animal's life in substitution for one's own life. That is what the Israelites did on the night of the Passover. Jesus takes it to another level. We're going to talk about that. The shedding of blood was the most critical element. Why? Because it was the blood of the guiltless substitute offered on the altar that served as payment for sin. On the night that God passed through, if he saw the blood, death did not go there. And you know, there in the Bible, it talks about how when Adam and Eve made the decision to go against God, you know, it, it, it talks about that, you know, sin brings us to death. So the blood removes, the blood pays for, well, it pays so that death cannot take place. Jesus did that for you and I. All of us, we, the Bible say we were born in sin and iniquity. We were shaped in sin. And that's because we, the woman's seed, we fell through our forefathers. But Jesus came along, right? Jesus is our Passover. Huh. Matthew, the 26th chapter, is a demonstration of this. As uh, Jesus had that last supper with his disciples, he said to his disciples, as you know, the Passover is two days away and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. So I'm going to stop there. Two days away. We notice that when God himself gave instruction to Moses about what to do with the lamb. He said, keep that lamb for 14 days. If you, if you look at 14 days, that's two cycles of seven days. Jesus stated in two days, I'm going to be sacrificed. I'll be that lamb. <laughs> so he said, he took a cup and he poured wine in it. And he said, uh, after he had given thanks, he said, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood. That's an illustration that two days from now, Jesus is going to die as a sacrifice lamb. No guilt, no sin, but sacrifice and crucified for all of us. And he said, this is my blood in Matthew 26, chapter 28th verse. My blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the, of the vine from now 
until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And that one act, Jesus is letting us, he's prophesying. He's letting us know that we have a future that is not of this world. No matter what we're going through, the hardship, the, the, the craziness, the uncertainty, the sickness, the illness, the disappointment, the fear, the persecution, no matter what we're going through, always keep in mind that the blood of the lamb, it has happened. The sacrifice has been consummated. We have been redeemed. Redeemed to what? To a future that does not include this world. To a future that is in the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of God, a geographical location. Not something mythical, not something just in the air floating around. No, a place that is different than the realm of earth. Hmm. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. And this is when they're now trying to find fault with Jesus. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You have said so, Jesus replied. But I say to all of you from now on, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Again, another prophetic word by Jesus, even as he's being crucified. Christ is our lamb. He's the lamb for you and I, okay? The Passover is a foreshadow, was a foreshadow of what we're living through right now because now we are living under the blood of the lamb every day, every single day. First Corinthians, the fifth chapter, it says, Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. What feast? The Passover. What else? The unleavened bread. What does that mean daily? That means daily, saints of God, woman seed, daily, converted one, transformed one, daily, elect one, chosen one, daily, we are to live under the blood of the Lamb. Death is continually in front of us, the spirit of death all around us. Decisions that we make is either life or death. Food that we eat, life or death. Actions that we take, life or death. People that we cling to, life or death. Constantly, death is in front of us. How do we live as the seed of the woman? We're living through a situation right now with COVID. Now there's a new virus. There's this, there's that. There's always something. How do you live? Live under the blood. Live with unleavened bread. 
What does that mean? No sin. You cannot have sin in your being. You must purge sin. You cannot knowingly look at pornography, knowingly live in lust, knowingly be, you know, unforgiving towards people, knowingly do not extend grace and mercy, knowingly lie and fornicate. We, the woman seed, cannot do that. When you do that, you negate the impact or the effectiveness of the sacrifice of Jesus. You make it null and void. That's the word. (laughs) Hebrews, the 10th chapter says, in these sacrifices, right, the ones that were done before Jesus, they're the reason why the Israelites did it annually, they'd have the scapegoat and they put all the sins of the people on the scapegoat and let it be released into the Bashan forest or some forest where Azazel, which is a fallen angel, you know, so all of that, meaning the sin go back to the originator of the sin. Okay. But that was just an annual thing. What about... It's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats can take away sin. The only thing it can do is cover it for a moment. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, Jesus, he said, Sacrifice and offering, thou wouldest not, but a body has thou prepared for me. So Jesus' purpose was to manifest the kingdom of God on this earth. Over there, I believe in John, John, he was saying how, you know, that Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy. But, you know, he came, he's the shepherd, he's the good shepherd. And so he came to show you and I that the kingdom of God has all authority, all authority. He needed a body in order to enter into the earth realm to do everything required that was necessary to redeem you and I from the hand of the prince of the power of the air. He had to redeem us from the 70 principalities that were placed over the 70 nations when God himself divided the nations I believe at the same time that he came down and Babel at the Tower of Babel confused the languages so that the people left from their point of unity against God in a divided state. And the Lord himself divided the people into 17 nations since they agreed with the fallen angels to go against him through the leadership of Nimrod. I said all of that to say, yet our God, our creator, whether you and I are from the nations that were fallen, the 70 nations, or you were born an Israelite, it doesn't matter. God still loved us all equally. And that's why he released Jesus to not just the Jews, But the Jews, the Greeks, and the Gentiles, that's all of us, the entire world. So that by faith, 
through his grace, we have access. We have the ability to be reunited back to the creator. Amen. And, and God said, Jesus said, but I need a body and you prepared the body and you no longer need or want those sacrifices and offerings because they're not effective. There has to be a way to permanently get your people back to you. And Hebrews, the 10th chapter said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. That's the ninth verse. That's Jesus talking to the Father saying that, Lord, you took away the first covenant so that you can establish the second covenant by the which will we are sacrificed, sanctified, we're sanctified through the offering of the blood and the body, the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering Sometimes the very same sacrifices, but they cannot take away sins. But this man, Jesus, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Amen. So Christ became our high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Why? Because it's not made with hands and it's not of this building. So it wasn't by the blood of goats and calves, but by Jesus' own blood, he entered once into the holies of holies, into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. I want to stop there because I got a question that I think I might can answer. When did Jesus enter into the holiest of all? When did he enter in with his blood as an offering, as a sacrifice? Only once. And I would say that when Mary and those women was in that garden to go wrap up his body and they saw that angel and then Mary didn't recognize him. She became the first evangelist, really. And uh, when she did finally recognize him, because his image was different than the one she was familiar with, and she went to touch him. And he said, no, do not touch me. I have not yet ascended. I have not yet gone to the Father. I believe that that's when he went and, and said, here is my blood from being the offering, the sacrifice that you predestined me to be. That's when he entered. <laughs> That's when he entered into the holy place because now he's obtained eternal redemption for us. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot or wrinkle to God, purge our conscience from dead works 
so that we can serve the living God. That is the destiny of the seed of the woman. You want to escape to heaven, then have better understanding. We're escaping from death to life to serve the king. Amen. (laughs) And see, for this cause, Jesus is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under that first testament, that first covenant, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Where there is a testament or a will, there has to be a necessity, death of the will maker, the testator. That's what Jesus was. He died so that the will of God could go into effect for you and I, that we may be able to attain what he had given us from the Gideon, eternal salvation, eternal redemption. Amen. So the destiny and the destination of the woman's seed. See, all those from times past, present, and future who put their faith in the Messiah, Jesus Christ, we're made right with God. We're reconciled. God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. So we are made right with God when we believe it, when we have faith, when we know that we know that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. That sacrifice shows that God was being fair to all of us, to the 70 nations, to the one that he selected for to bring the Savior through, which was Abraham, that God was fair to all of us. (laughs) Okay? Even those that sinned before Jesus presented himself, he, God the Father, is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when we believe in Jesus. That's in Romans the third chapter. So there, the, the Apostle John saw a multitude of believers, amen, in heaven who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. Our life is in the blood of Jesus, amen. They have been purified from sin, clothed in white. Believers are cleansed, forgiven, made right with God by the blood of the Lamb. And that was God's own guiltless substitute for us. The life that Christ emptied of his blood now pumps everlasting in our veins. You know, what's real interesting to me when I think about all of this is that when the Holy Spirit came over Mary, right? And Jesus was placed in her womb, okay? The sperm that, that you know, connected with the egg, now we're talking science, carried the DNA of the creator. So the blood that Jesus spilt out was in fact, the blood of the creator. So now that DNA, okay, 
which is contained in the blood and only in the white blood cells, by the way, is now in every believer. It is extremely difficult for the negativity and the sins and so forth of this world to overcome a believer that's living and walking in the state of Passover, meaning that the blood is activated and is placed on your forehead, is placed on your hands, is covering all of your possessions and things that God has given you for stewardship, the blood. And then your part is you have unleavened bread in your essence, your being. And that means no sin. How do we escape to heaven? By faith, receiving that Jesus is our sacrifice and that his blood is activated. And you and I, I am praying for us right now, Father God in heaven above, we ask you, Lord, to activate us, make us have better understanding, Lord, of your purpose and your will for us on this earth, in this season, and in this hour. And Lord, let us understand the greatness of the act that you have done, God, that you've released your blood, Lord God, into us, Lord God. And all we have to do is still eat the unleavened bread, God, to remain sinless, God, to the ability that you have given unto us. But through the blood of Jesus, God, you see us like you see yourself. Oh, Father, we give you praise that today somebody else will receive this gift that you have given us. Father, I receive it. I claim it. I activate it for those that are listening today in Radio Land. God bless you. You have listened to Escape to Heaven, Servant Marcia from Heaven on Earth Ministries, live on Wave 94.1. Be blessed. I love you, but guess what? God loves you trillions of times more than anybody on the earth could ever love you. Walk with it. Make sure that you understand that you are chosen, you are the elect, and you are the woman's seed. God bless you now and forevermore. Thank you. Bye. Yeah.